you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of 1 Kings chapter number 17. The book of 1 Kings chapter number 17. We are done with our sermon series for uh, the year. And so this month, I just get to hear uh, from the Holy Spirit on uh, a week-to-week basis about what he wants to say. Uh, And what is becoming evident is that he wants me to speak into, prepare you, get your mind around the fact that this is our last month at one service and that we're going to two services starting in January. Uh, We're going to two services because this church is growing and we want to make room for that growth. Uh, But this message is going to be prophetic. And if you know anything about a prophetic word or prophecy, it is meant to encourage, exhort, and strengthen you. If you've ever received a prophetic word and it did not encourage you, exhort you, or strengthen you, it was not a prophetic word. It was somebody being mean and tagging God's name at the end of it. And that's called abnormal abuse, or if we shorten it, abuse. Okay? A prophetic word is supposed to be encouraging, okay? Exhorting, right? Motivating you to good works or supposed to strengthen you, okay? I believe this message is going to be that. Now, if you're a visitor, uh, uh, I'm glad you're here this weekend, but I'm, I'm really talking to the residents of Embassy City Church corporately uh, with this particular message, although individually, there are going to be things that the Holy Spirit says that are going to apply to you right where you are, okay? I'm excited about this. I hope you are too. I'm kind of in a preachy mood with this message, Uh, and so I just woke up like all like the real churchy people. They were like, yes, preach. (laughs) So um, uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17, I want to read the 8th through the 16th verse. And then uh, we'll pray and see what the Holy Spirit would say. Um, yeah, I want to read it first, and then I'll give you the title, because that might, yeah, that, that'll be good. Starting at the eighth verse, here's what it says. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little cup, a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in my house. And I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. I promise you that was her tone. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. There's a word that should go in front of this so in verse number 15. Shockingly, so she did as Elijah said, 
And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Uh, it is my assignment uh, to preach from the subject this morning, God won't move until we do. God won't move until we do. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to move. Amen. <laughs> Elijah is one of my favorite people in the Bibles. I have ceased to call these great men and women of faith characters uh, because this is not a screenplay. These were actually people Ordinary people that did extraordinary things because God was with them. Elijah is one of my favorite people in the Bible, so much so that in the 21 years of me preaching, in the first decade, I may have preached Elijah more than I preached uh, any other person in the Bible outside of Jesus. It's a, cons it's a compelling narrative to me because um, uh, I am... Uh, a storyteller by default. I love the stories that come out of the Bible. But I had a problem uh, with uh, Elijah because of how abruptly he came on the scene. You see, we were given uh, Adam's narrative from the beginning. We know exactly where he came from. We were, we were introduced to Abraham, although at 75 years old, we were given some backstory about where he came from uh, with his father, Terah. But with Elijah in uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17, this guy seemingly comes out of nowhere, fully grown and just talking. We don't even get like a chapter to like see how he, he fits into the narrative. He comes out of nowhere and just makes a statement. It will not rain again until I say so. This is his introduction. Where, who are you? Where did you even come from? He just comes up on the scene. It will not rain again until I say so, and it didn't. He had such a relationship with God that he didn't even have to say, thus said the Lord. Can you imagine having a relationship with God that is so close that God co-signs on what you say? It will not rain again. Till I say so, God says what he said is going to happen. Supernaturally, he finds himself by this brook called Kerith being provided for in a very uncanny way. Ravens are flying to where Elijah is twice a day with bread and meat in their mouth. I want you to understand the story in context. Elijah calls a drought. It stops raining. All of the provision becomes scarce. And in the middle of that context, ravens, who would be as hungry as people, are picking up meat in their mouth, bread in their mouth, not swallowing it, flying it to where Elijah is and dropping it off. 
there's some water that's coming down this brook that he can wash it all down with. This is a supernatural way that God has been providing for him in this season. Now, I want you to imagine that this is, this is good stuff. This is the kind of stuff that you give testimonies about, right? This is, this is the kind of stuff that you want a testimony service so you can get up and go, praise the Lord, saints. I'm so glad to be here. I have to tell you about what God has done in my life. I've had no water, no lights, no food, but every day my lights have been on. I saw the water man turn off the water, but the water is still running. And without calling any Amazon grocery online, Walmart is delivering bread and lunch meat to my house every day. God is good. We will come to church and testify for 28 days in a row about how good God's provision is. These ravens keep on bringing him bread and water, which is bread and uh, 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 meat, which now, now here's the thing for me. I'm, I'm a very analytical person. And so the meat I understand, ravens are carnivorous animals. And so, of course, they would be plucking off the dead meat of carcasses that are scattered all along the landscape in a drought. Where are they getting this bread from? <laughs> meat I get. Bread? Those are some incredibly reconnaissance-based birds to be able to find some bread and bring it to Elijah. And as supernatural as this provision is, at some point the brook dries up. Isn't it amazing that you can be going through a supernatural season of provision, but no matter how incredible it is and how much God has blessed you, the brook can dry up. It's amazing how we act when the brook dries have you ever got so used to a certain period or season of your life of God's provision that when it starts to change, you don't want to change with it? You ever start trying to rebuke the season, thinking that God wasn't in it? No, I bind this. This water better come from somewhere. Mm-mm, I bind it. Come on. I need all the saints to pray. I'm coming to intercessory prayer on Tuesday night, which it is this coming Tuesday night. And if you've been coming, you've been experiencing breakthroughs. If you haven't been coming, you've still been experiencing breakthroughs because we've been praying for you. Um, can you imagine the brook drying up and Elijah's response being, you know what? Mm-mm, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to believe God for a breakthrough. I'm going to believe God that this brook will flow again. And God's like, no, no, I'm the one that dried it up because it's time for you to move. Never fall in love with the season. Fall in love with the God of the season. Oh, boy, there's so much to this. God tells Elijah to do something that was straight up crazy. He says, hey, this season's done. I want you to get up, and I want you to go down to Zarephath. Zarephath is the hometown of Jezebel. It's not a good place to to go. He says, I want you to go to Zarephath. I have instructed a widow in Zarephath to take care of you there. 
Now, here is what would be some apprehension of certain breeds of believers. The devil is alive. I'm not going into that secular, unholy, uncircumcised nation. God, you'll provide for me here. Certainly you don't want me to go down and intermingle myself with those that don't have a covenant with you. You must want me to stay in relationship with you and with people that have a relationship with you. And God is going, even in the Old Testament, there are glimpses of his grace. Even in the Old Testament, where we always think it did not start until Christ's death, he was always showing graciousness to those that did not have a covenant with him, all the way from Genesis to Revelation. He he says, no, I want you to go. I know that there's uh, all these people you could go to in Israel. I don't want you to go to Israel. I want you to go to Zarephath, and there's a widow there that I've instructed to take care of you, uh, but she won't know it till you say it. And Elijah does something that seems ridiculous. He walks down there to what would be a hostile nation or a hostile territory. He walks into this hostile territory, and he finds this woman gathering sticks. Now, I want you to understand her backstory so you can understand her tone. A lot of times when we read Scripture, we just read it kind of in a drone way and maybe a dry way because we're not considering, we're not empathizing with them, we're not putting ourselves in their shoes to understand what they may have been feeling at the time. So let me help you out and let me justify this woman's tone by saying, can you imagine if you've been in a drought for so long that the day that you go out to gather wood sticks to cook, it's going to be the last meal. Can you imagine that, that, that when you went to the grocery store this week, this would be the last grocery run you'd ever make in your life? So that whatever you brought would not matter because painfully what's in the back of your mind is, I'm going to die after this. And what's frustrating to the psyche is that I won't die instantly. I'll hear my stomach growl for days. And worse than me hearing my stomach growl, I'll hear my child every day for weeks saying, Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm hungry. We don't have any food. And can you imagine how do you console somebody when you can't give them what they need so you know if you're gathering sticks under that type of pressure? And some guy. Some stranger, not even a neighbor, some stranger from a different land, a land that's in contention with yours. You don't even like them. Walks up to you and says, hey, can I have some water?
Yes. Yes, you may. I'll get you some water. I don't know if you know we're in a drought, but <laughs> you want water. Okay. I'll get you some water. And she turns around to go get the water. And while she's walking away, Scripture says, and he goes, and by the way, could you give me a little bread too? And that's where she lost it. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody ask you the second to the last statement that will set you off? It's not the last statement that will set you off. It's the second to the last. So they say it, and you're like, mm, mm-hmm, mm, mm, okay, yep, I got you, uh-huh, yep, mm, no, mm, mm, I, mm, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then they ask you the last question. And by the way, make, can you give me some bread too? Look! I swear! I swear before your God, I don't have no bread. Matter of fact, I got these sticks. I got a little bit of flour. When I tell you, I got a little bit of flour. I got a little bit of oil. I'm going to cook it, and me and my son are going to die. I can't believe you asked me for some bread in the middle of a drought. What is wrong with you? You're so rude. That's why we don't like y'all. Always talk, you always come in talking about thus said the Lord stuff. I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for this. His response does not match her tone or her attitude. Don't be afraid. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever been mad as a believer? Have you ever been mad about a circumstance? And it's the wrong time to hear an encouraging word. <laughs> like, all, anybody beside me, all you wanted to do was vent. That's all you really wanted to do was vent. And you were like, can't stand it. And the job. <laughs> I only have $100 left at every paycheck. I can't take it. And they're like, lo the Lord is your provision. I didn't ask you if my, the Lord was my. I don't care right now about the Lord being my provision. Shut up and listen. Just wanted to vent. You're always talking while I'm always trying to give me a scripture. Well, you know the Lord. Ah! He said, don't be afraid. Do exactly what you were going to do. Then he rubs it in. But make mine first. <laughs> Where do they do this? You all, do all of y'all from Israel act like this? Lord opened up one sea, and all y'all walking around just thinking it's going to happen all the time. This ain't, ain't no sea around here. This is bread we talking about. He going to split that too? Somewhere in the, the woman's mind, she just must have been like, well, I'm, we're going to die anyway. I might as well. And she went in there started that fire and took that flour and took that oil and baked that first piece of bread and then pulled it out. I, I don't know if she had an attitude. <laughs> you're going to die. Like, you, don't, chew slow because you're going to die. <laughs> she made one for herself 
and then she made one for her son. And, and you, have, you have to understand the narrative. Uh, th th this is why it's important uh, to read the word and not just start to embellish the word. This woman didn't know there was any more. She didn't go back and check right then. She just ate it. And Elijah ate it. And the son ate it. And then whether it was several hours later or if it was the next day, she went back and checked. And when she went back and checked, there was a little more flour and a little more oil for all three of them. Now here's why it's miraculous. She got all the flour out of there. You know when you get the last of something, you gotta. And then with the oil, it was blip, 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 blip. 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 <laughs> she had to wipe on the inside. So when she went back the next day, she knew this was a miracle. It wasn't like, well, you, you know, sometimes flour gets stuck at the bottom of this can all the time, so I don't know if the, No, no, no. This went on for days. Then it went on for weeks. Went on for months. This went on for another year and a half. That's what the scripture doesn't allow you insight on because he said it wasn't going to rain for at least three and a half years. So whenever this happened, this is a year and a half to three years that this woman is getting more flour and more oil. It was supernatural, but, 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 but several people had to obey. Elijah had to obey God and leave the place he was comfortable with, with his provision, and go to a place that was going to be absolutely uncomfortable. He went from a place of being independently provided for by God to being co-dependently provided by God through a widow in her house. He went from no community outside, only being with God, to having to step into community, not even with his own covenant people, but with foreigners. God said, it's time for you to come in the house. I provided for you supernatural, and you've been on the outskirts, but it's time for you to come into community, and I'm asking you to come into community in a house that you are unfamiliar with. Will you trust and obey that I'm leading you here, or will you make excuses to stay out there? It's time for you to come in the house. Okay, so there's, there's three points to this message. I want you to write these down, and I'll give you how it pertains to um, Embassy City Church. Here's how I want you to set it up. Faith requires us to. Faith, faith requires us to do something. Here's the first thing. Faith requires us to move somewhere crazy. <laughs> for Elijah, it was Zarephath. For Embassy City Church, it was North Irving. Faith required us to move somewhere crazy. And why is this North Irving area such a crazy move? Because the 12,000 acres that make up Los Colinas have it written into their bylaws not to build religious institutions. So if you want to know why there are not many churches that you see in Los Colinas proper, it's because the bylaws state 
We will not build religious institutions here. The, the two conspicuous churches in Las Colinas are Irving Bible Church, our neighbors right up the street, and Embassy City. They're the only two churches that you could drive down the street and actually identify. Everybody else is in a storefront or a religious, not a religious, an industrial type area. So everyone that's kind of built up a church in Irving leapfrogs Las Colinas and moves somewhere else, whether it be Carrollton or Grapevine or south of Las Colinas or north of Las Colinas. They don't even try to plant a church here because they know they have to deal with the Las Colinas Mafia. But faith requires you to make a crazy move, not because of the circumstances you know about, but because of the word that you heard about through God. Point number two, faith requires us to say something crazy. (laughs) For Elijah, it was make mine first. For Embassy City Church is, this will be a diverse, highly relational church. Five years ago, this zip code in our neighboring zip code was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. I want to pause for you to reflect on that. Five years ago, and we're still in the top ten, but five years ago, out of every zip code in the United States of America, this zip code was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. Queens, New York was number two. How? I would have never in my life imagined that any zip code in Texas (laughs) could have beat out New York, Miami, California, any of the coasts. This was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America, yet there was not one church that was as racially diverse as ours is now. It was either all white, all black, all Hispanic, all Asian. And God said, this is going to be a diverse, not just diverse in ethnicities, but diverse in age range as well, diverse all over the place. He says, it's going to be diverse, it's going to be highly relational, which is and exactly opposed to highly religious. This is not going to be a religious church. This is going to be a relational church. We said something crazy. Now I want you to look around. Because it's happening. It's in this room right now. African-Americans and Asians and Hispanics, and if you took your ancestry DNA or 23andMe, you probably got 14 different things you found out about them. A third Scandinavian and 2% Irish and 88% Puerto Rican. Whatever you are, you're here. And then something happened in January. We came back to two services. It was like interracial couples got like a Pinterest app or they have a... (laughs) They have a, tw- I don't know what they have, but I, I guess they just all got on something and were like, it's safe to come out. And they just walked up in. <laughs> just all walked up in here like, yep, this is, this is him. This is her. Yep, that's my boo. 
Hope you don't have a problem with it. Then y'all got married and started making your little yummy babies and bringing them in here. It's fantastic. But, but, but here's the thing. This is the way it should always been. This is the way it should always be. But if you don't, pro- thank you, Holy Spirit, if you don't prophetically declare it, if you don't say this is what will be, because if it lines up with the heart of God, you don't have to ask him first. The reason why it didn't rain for three and a half years with Elijah is because Elijah repeated something that was on the heart of God. He was just as brokenhearted over the state of Israel as Elijah was. So when he spoke that word, he wasn't saying something God didn't already feel, but he can't do anything in the earth unless a man or a woman declares it out of their mouth. And that's what we will do. It will not rain for three and a half years. This will be a diverse church. This will be a relational church. This will be a church where people experience freedom. This will be a church where marriages are made whole. This will be a church where generational curses are broken. This will be a church where you find what you need. This will be a church where you have community. This will be a church that breaks the bondage of independence and makes people dependent on the Holy Spirit, this will be that church. Mm. That's on the heart of God. That's not just in my heart, that's on the heart of God. Which is why he gave us a building 13 months into the existence of the church. God's not playing any games. He didn't have us transient for five years, popping up, doing stuff in high schools. People have got, had to go that route, but, but God said, I'm going to settle this real quick. I'm going to give you property early before Los Angeles can even figure out what you're doing here. I want you to think about how fast it was. We were like sticking up flags on MacArthur, and then, bow, we have a building. Los Angeles was like, where did... Wait a minute, you were over here, now you're over there. By the time we came back and reported, it was too late for them to be like, you know what, that's not something, that, psych, we already got the building. <laughs> so. But, but, but God is the one that declared and then we have to step into it. Where in your life is he asking you to declare some things that have been on his heart? Because he won't move until we do. You must understand something, I've said this over and over again, that God hasn't done anything in the earth since day six when he blew breath into Adam's nostrils. Days one through six, prior to Adam's uh, 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 formation, the reason why there were no humans here is because no humans could have done what he did. He spoke nothing into something, no humans could be around for that. There was nothing here, so why should they be here? He spoke the worlds into existence. He put in the, 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 the lights and he put in the stars. He put in the earth. He put in the seas. He put in the atmosphere. And after it was all done, then he created man and said, now handle this. Manage this. And if you wonder why he couldn't interrupt Satan's deception of Eve and Adam's subsequent bite of the apple is because he can't enter in without us coming into him to come into agreement first. 
God, how come you don't stop all the travesties that are going on in the world? Because he needs our assistance, not because he's a mean God. When you give someone a responsibility, you don't take it back. If you take it back, that means you didn't want them to have it in the first place. And God was serious when he said, I want you to have dominion here like I have it there. God, how come, how come I don't see more transformation at my job? These people are heathens because you won't open your mouth and let that light of God shine through you. I'm, oh, I'm praying for him with my shaky hand. Well, that shaky hand, <laughs> that shaky hand doesn't substitute for the light of your life coming out in the midst of darkness. Point number three, write this down. Faith requires us to do something crazy. For the widow of Sarabath, it was actually making Elijah's cake first. I mean, she did something crazy. She's not even a believer in God. <laughs> it's awesome when an unbeliever beats believers at faith. The unbeliever is like, I'm, listen, we're going, we probably going to die, but maybe he, I don't know, maybe he'll be right. It wasn't like, oh, she had such great faith. She didn't even believe in his God. She was like, I might as well try it. I mean, maybe he'll be right. He was right about the rain. She watched the news. <laughs> she got it all out. Her do something crazy was making it first. Here's our do something crazy. Go to two services when we could stay at one. In all honesty, we could stay at one service. Our parking lot is not spilling over to where we're having direct people all over the place and police have to be out and cones have to be sat out. There, there, there are some spaces next to some of your seats, and so we could scoot in and, and get this real packed feeling until our deodorant starts to have to activate itself in overdrive. And, and, and we have room upstairs. This is a 40,000-square-foot building that the Lord has blessed us with, and so we could run upstairs and prepare some rooms for overflow and put some closed-circuit televisions in there and, and kind of set it up. Uh, that's one way to do it, but, but if it's an obvious move that you have to make, it's not a faith move. Anytime you have to do something obvious, it's not faith. It's obvious. If we were spilling all over the place, of course we would go to two services. Why? It's obvious we need to. There's no more room in here. That's not the faith move. The faith move is when it's not obvious and he tells you to do it anyway. So please write down this statement. Faith is not about making the obvious decision. It's about making the obedient decision. I'll say it again. Faith is not about making the obvious decision. It's about making the obedient decision. The Holy Spirit told us this church is about to grow, so go to two services. Well, Lord, you know, we'll wait till, you know, once it gets to like 80% of, and then the parking lot, and then the, the giving. And the Lord's like, shut up. It's my church, I build it. You go to two services, then we'll grow. You stay out, you stay at one, and you won't. And you can be just like Elijah still looking for the provision in the way that you've become accustomed to it. Ravens and brooks. So, but it's time to come in to community. It's time to come in to the house, and it's time to make room for who's next. Every time she went back to the flour and the oil jars, 
there was always provision inside. We're going to two services in January because he said so. And you know what's going to happen when we go to two? He's going to fill both of them. Not because we've done anything different, but because we were obedient to do what he asked us to do. So what faith move is he telling you to make? It might be one of these three. It might be two. It might be all three. Is he asking you to move somewhere crazy? Is he asking you to say something crazy? Or is he asking you to do something crazy? In this season, for me personally, it's all three. And some of it because, you know, we talked about control last week, and Tim Roth does have some control issues. I just referred to myself in third person. <laughs> Sometimes I want to get it all right on paper and make sure everything's right, and then the Holy Spirit's like, no. He constantly has to remind me that according to Proverbs 16 and 9, we make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Which means he's fine with the plan I made as long as I'm fine with him tearing it up. That's the mutual agreement. Tim, go in your room and work for six hours on something that you think will work, and then I'll rip it up, and you'll just do what I say, and then I'll look like a genius, and you'll give me glory. That's how this goes. But the faith of Elijah and the faith of this widow provided a supernatural provision that lasted a very long time. God has done something amazing in this church. He's done something amazing with, you, with us individually. And now he's about to do it again for us corporately as we move into the new year. So prepare yourself. Prepare your minds. Get your best evangelism quote ready, because we're making room for the foreigners. We're making room for those that do not have a covenant with our God. We're making room for people that have been disenfranchised with God and the church because it's been more religious than it's been relational. We are making room to grow because we won't grow until we move, and God won't move until we do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? I, I believe that God wants to do something incredibly supernatural for us, not just as uh, a corporate body, but for us individually. And so you may be here, and God may be confirming some things to you right now. I need you to write those confirmation down, those confirmations down as promises to what God wants to do in your life, because he's going to do something amazing for you. Just open up your heart to it. Open up your mind to it. Yes, the move may seem crazy, but make the move. He's on the other side of it. He's, wait, he's already gone before you. He's waiting for you to get there. Maybe he's telling you to say something crazy and you don't even want to let it out of your mouth because it sounds so ridiculous. It's time to declare it. Do something crazy.
it might not make sense to anybody else but him. Do it anyway. His provision is on the other side of it. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.